G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as moon towers? Lexi was a shy girl. She just received the Honor Roll Awards. She also had just received the Good Citizen Award. Her parents told her that after school, they would take her out for ice cream. You see, usually after the award ceremony, she used to come home straight away, but this time she decided to stay at school. And about 30 minutes after her parents left, a young man came in and shot her dead, along with 18 other children and two teachers. I remember when I heard about this, I was doing a Bible study with someone at Stall. And he said, there's been another shooting. And when he told me it was at a primary school and that there were 17, at the time it was 17, it went up to 19, I almost broke down in tears. I thought of what those families were going through. But something like this today is a common occurrence. This year there's been 155 days so far, and in America there have been 233 days mass shootings. They define a mass shooting as somewhere where four or more people, not including the gunmen, lost their lives. Two days ago, a 18-month-old baby was shot dead. What do you say to things like this? What do you say to things when you're going through a difficult time? Now, you may not have lost a loved one recently, but you may be going through your own trials. There's a verse in the Bible that typically gets brought up when things like this happen, when we can't really understand why things are happening the way they are, and that verse is Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which says we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His promise. And I fully believe this verse, but sometimes it's not easy to accept. Sometimes I've seen this verse used recklessly, and sometimes it hurts. Can you imagine going to Lexi's mum and seeing her uncontrollably crying and saying to her, You know what? All things work together for good. What do you do when things don't turn out the way you want? When you pray to God and God is silent. When you pray, Lord, please help me with this and please help me with that, and no answer comes, I have a bad habit. Something that I'm trying to rid myself of. When someone tells me something bad that happens, I often say, oh, you know, this other thing, and bring up something worse that's happened to try help them put things into perspective. You know, something that may have happened in my life or something that may have happened in someone else's life, I know. And I realize now that when... One does this, they're kind of minimizing that other person's pain. You see, because something awful may have happened somewhere else, or something worse may have happened to someone else, that doesn't mean that you're not still hurting with the things that you're going through at the moment. Today we're going to have a look at a few stories in the Bible where God responds with Silence. 
One of these stories, probably my least favorite story in the Bible, is the story of Job. There are a few things in this story that really frustrate me. And we'll examine them just after this song.
Is it relevant today? I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at when God is silent. The story of Job is a good example of this. And in this story, you actually get to see a clear image of Satan. We sometimes have a distorted image of Satan. Because of our sinful nature and the things that Hollywood keep pumping out, you know, it's almost like, ah, uh, he's a little bit of fun, and you know, he has these bad characteristics, but If you have a look at this story and the way that Satan attacks Job, when he gets a chance, he hits him with everything he can straight away. I've noticed that this is the way that Satan works. He likes to attack in clusters. Now, let's have a look at the way he attacked Job. It's found in Job chapter 1, beginning in verse 14, and it says, And the messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. I can imagine what Job is thinking. Wow, all those families that they've lost their lives. What about their wives, their children? What are they going to do without them? And we're told that while he was still speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell down from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. And I can imagine Job is like, What? Fire from God? What do you mean? Was there lightning? What what happened here? And while he was still speaking... Now, I want you to think about the way that Satan had planned this out, right? I assume that these people were in different places, scattered around the country, and it would have taken them each different amounts of time to get to where Job was. Satan planned this in such a way that they come one after the other, leaving the worst till the end. We're told the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away, and yes, killed the servants with the edge of the sword, I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead. I alone have escaped to tell you. I don't think it can be put into words what Job is experiencing here. And on top of this, Satan attacks him even further with pain and discomfort. I have no doubt that Job was praying, God, why? Help! 
What's going on? And God responds with silence. For 37 chapters, God is silent. And when God does finally answer, I have to say that the answer he gives frustrates me. In chapter 38, it says, God is speaking. And he says to him, Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. I think I'd be terrified if God ever said that to me. God proceeds by saying, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? And God continues in this fashion for three chapters. Essentially, the answer to why these things happen that God gave Job is, you don't understand things the way that I do, just trust me. And I have to say that answer frustrates me. God didn't say, hey Job, in heaven there was this huge debate, your character was put on trial, my character was put on trial, and you were the man, you showed that you were faithful. He doesn't say that. God doesn't even tell him, good job Job. All that God says to him is, you don't understand. And I've looked into why this frustrates me. And I'll share it with you just after this song. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh bless me now my Savior, I come to
hearts like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh bless me now my Savior, I come to Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at when God is silent. We've so far examined the story of Job, and we've seen the diabolical nature of Satan where he plans out an attack on Job to take away all that he has in an event calculated to demoralize him to the point of giving up. We've also looked at the fact that when God eventually answers Job, he doesn't tell him the reason that these horrible things were allowed to happen to him, but he simply tells him, you cannot understand things the way that I understand them, and that you just need to trust me. Now, I get frustrated at the fact that Job wasn't told why the things that happened to him happened, and I realize where my frustration originates from. I feel frustrated because I'm proud and arrogant. I think that I deserve to understand. I also think that I'm capable of understanding. Essentially, what God said to Job is, you're not even capable of understanding these things. I sometimes wonder if God is often silent because we're unable to understand what's going on. We ask God, please intervene here, please do this, please help with this, and God sometimes says no. Because, well, we see how this may affect us. But God sees not only how this affects us, but how this affects our children, how this may affect our friend in the United States, how this may affect his grandparents, and how this may affect their tennis partners. And not just that. But he sees how this resonates throughout time and the ultimate impact it will have, like the proverbial butterfly effect that may impact thousands of people. And all we see is the here and now. And we don't even see that clearly. I believe the reason that I get frustrated is because of my arrogance in thinking I deserve to know and I'm capable of understanding, but I realize that I may not be. Job didn't understand God's plan. He couldn't see what God's plan was. John the Baptist is another good example of where God is silent. At the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry, he announces Jesus. He announces him with certainty, with boldness. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God. A few verses later, it says, The next day he says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And then John says, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Can you hear the certainty in his voice? And then, sometimes later, the way... He is presented completely changes. And we'll find out why just after this song. 
door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and dine with him and he with me I will come into him and dine with him and he
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at when God is silent. We've so far looked at the story of Job and how God was silent for a long time and when he finally answered, he didn't tell Job why these things happened to him. I shared that the reason that this frustrates me is because I'm proud and arrogant. Proud to believe that God owes me an explanation and arrogant to think that I would be even capable to understand the intricacies of why God does what he does. We also began to look at the story of John the Baptist and how absolutely certain he was in his statement of declaring Jesus as the Lamb of God. But a while later, John was taken to prison. And I'm sure that when he got to prison, he would have probably been thinking, that's all right, the Messiah is here. He may have been there quoting Bible promises to himself. He will set the captives free. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a future for me. And as the days turn into weeks, and as the weeks potentially turn into months, and God is silent, John starts to question God's plan. I imagine he would have said to himself, why doesn't he come and liberate me? John just doesn't understand. John's understanding of reality was completely skewed because of his environment. He believed that the Messiah would come and deliver the Jews from Roman bondage and he would, as he put it, thoroughly clean out the threshing floor. And he was probably wondering, why isn't Jesus gathering an army? Why isn't he making alliances with important leaders? He wasn't doing anything that people expected the Messiah to do. And he starts to become confused about something that he was so absolutely sure about before. And he sends messengers to ask Jesus, Are you the one or do we wait for another? And Jesus responds by pointing him to prophecy. Tell John that the lame are healed, the blind receive their sight, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And when John heard this, inspired writings tell us that he no longer questioned whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. I expect that this really uplifted his spirits. And he would have thought, that's all right, I don't understand, but any day now. And again, the days passed, and the weeks passed, and potentially the months passed. And one day, there came a knock at the door. And I'm sure John would have been like, finally, it's time, I'm going to be free. And I don't know how long it took him to realize where he was going. I don't know if it was straight away as he walked out the door, they told him, or only when he saw the execution block and the blade being pulled out, he thought, whoa, I really don't understand God's plan. And God was silent. There's another instance in the Bible where God's silence is even more curious than the one we've just had a look at. And we'll explore it just after this song. Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. 
Let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. For the Lord, our Maker, He is our God. He is our God. We are the people of His pasture. He is our God. He is our God. We are the sheep of His hand. Let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigo, and today we're looking at when God is silent. We've explored the silence of God in relation to Job and how also God was silent when John the Baptist was executed. However, there's another time where God is silent that trumps both of these. Probably the most intense of them all was when God was silent with Jesus. 
I take comfort when I find myself asking why and realizing sometimes that I just don't comprehend God's plan. I'm comforted when I realize that even Jesus reached a point where he questioned God's plan. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Is this the only way? I imagine that the darkness had gathered around him. He had begun to take on the responsibility of the sin of the entire planet, and this was weighing heavily upon him. We're told that he was sorrowful to the point of death, and he prays to God and asks God, Is there another way? And God is silent. And again he prays, if there could be any other way of doing this, I will do your way, but is there another option? And again, God is silent. But still, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his promise. There are many people throughout the Bible who questioned God's plan. I have no doubt that Joseph would have questioned God's plan as he's sitting in a pit and he gets sold to slave traders. Lord, please help. Why? I don't want to do this. And God is silent. But you see, with many of these, we can look back now And we know that all things work together for good, right? We see Joseph and the events that happened later on in his life. We see what Jesus accomplished in his life. But have a look at John the Baptist. It's now almost 2,000 years later, and that still doesn't make sense to me. Why he had to lose his head? Because some little girl did a dance and the greatest prophet that Jesus declared lost his head. Why? It doesn't make sense. There are times when even the best of them question God's plans. And I've realized that when these things happen... When things don't make sense, when God doesn't answer the way you hoped, when you lose loved ones, when you have constant pain, when people fall and hurt themselves, while we may not understand God's plan, we can look to the cross and we cannot doubt his love for us. Only a few verses later, in Romans chapter 8, we're told, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We're told that God did not spare his own son. So much does God want to give us good things that he did not even spare his own son. And while you may question God's plan and his direction for your life, you cannot doubt his love for you. And you cannot doubt that he is doing all he can for you. There's another verse also in Romans chapter 8 that brings me comfort when things don't make sense. 
It says, For I consider the suffering of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The things that we're going through now, though they may seem very difficult, though they are very difficult, in hindsight, in heaven, we're told that they are not even worthy to be compared. In heaven, I'm sure that we'll say, heaven was cheap enough. I want to end today with a verse in Psalms 19, verse 1, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. I was thinking about this and just how the heavens declare who God is, and I remembered an article that I read where in 1995 the president of the Hubble Telescope Association decided to point the telescope to a region of space that had apparently nothing in it. And he decided to do this for 100 hours. Now, he was met with a lot of resistance. Even a few minutes of the Hubble telescope's time is highly treasured and extremely expensive. But even though people questioned him, he said, no, it's my decision. I have access to 10% of the Hubble telescope's time and I can choose to point it at this area. And after much resistance, he said, do you know what? If I don't discover anything, I'll fall on my sword. I will quit my position here. So he pointed the Hubble telescope to this region of space for 100 hours. Now, this region of space was a very, very tiny region. About one twenty-six millionth of the total area of space as it appears from our planet. And after pointing the telescope in this area where there didn't seem to be anything for 100 hours, what he discovered was approximately 10,000 galaxies. Your typical galaxy has around 200 billion solar systems. That's 200,000 million solar systems. All of this in an area of space where there didn't appear to be anything. And I was thinking of how this relates to our understanding of difficult situations. You see, we see what we can see, an area of space which is apparently black and nothing there. But the way God sees it is how it appeared after pointing the telescope there for 100 hours. There was 10 thousand galaxies and you know what i believe that if they would have had a more powerful telescope and pointed it at a region of space within that space that appeared dark there could be another 10,000 galaxies god's perspective is so different to our own and while i may not understand why things are happening the way they are I may even reach the point where I doubt God's plans for me. I will never doubt his love for me. And because of that, and because of the eternity he has promised me, I can claim through faith, even in difficult times, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his promise. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Why Is God Sometimes 
silent. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless, and I hope you have a magnificent day. Colors of 
You've been listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story T'will be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love